We sure appreciate your pastors, our family also, for allowing us to come back tonight. Glory to God. And you know, uh, Bible, it doesn't say it, but I made this up, but it carries some truth. Blessed are the short-winded, for they shall be invited back. Amen. Glory to God. Now, that's not scriptural, but it carries truth with it. Amen. Glory to God. You know, um, tonight we're, we're going to kind of go along. Uh, Pastor Mark, he, he does. I tell you what, that, I don't know about you all. Uh, children, you are dismissed to what kind of group? CIA. CIA at this time. Amen. Children, children are dismissed to CIA at this time. Amen. Glory to God. We sure love our kids. Amen. Appreciate those workers that are giving and putting the word of God into them. Amen. Thank you, workers. Glory to God. Sure appreciate you. Amen. But um, I remember uh, years ago, well, I was going to say, Pastor Mark, I tell you what, he sure blessed me this morning. Did y'all get help this morning? I tell you what, the, the message he preached, it helped me. I'm serious, very serious. It helped me and uh, helps keep me straightened out. Amen. Glory to God. See, I don't worry about what you do. I found out it's full-time job just keeping Ricky lined out. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. But uh, years ago, I was doing a camp meeting in Kirbyville, Texas. Me and my wife, we were there and we were ministering along the lines of, I don't have any idea what I was preaching about at that particular time. I don't remember the theme of it, but it, it was the word. But I remember we was, we was getting ready to preach and I'd started preaching. And uh, the Lord began to deal with me. This was probably in, I think, 1990, I believe, 1991. And the Lord began to deal with me and he said, uh, out of John chapter 9... He said, isn't it interesting that, that when the man that was born blind, the disciples asked him a question and they said, who sinned, him or his parents? Well, Jesus, he only answered the question that was asked and he just said, neither. Had this man sinned nor his parents. Now, we know over in John 5 that that man there that got healed, that Jesus did tell him, go and sin no more lest the worst thing come. Remember that? Yeah. So undoubtedly, sin, as Pastor was talking to us this morning about, had opened a door, and that particular thing had got in that way. Yeah. But in John chapter 9, it doesn't seem to be that way. No. And so there, we, Jesus didn't tell us why the man was born blind. He just told us that he didn't sin nor his parents, right? But then, you know, through, through us having the Bible... We can go on and find the answer, and we all know, we, we've been taught, you know, Romans 5, verse 12 says, Whereas by one man sin entered in the world, and death thereby. So we know how sin did get in. That man didn't sin, nor his parents, but I may know through the fall of Adam, sin did get in. And then death thereby. Sometimes things happen to people, not because they're, they're bad or they've been doing anything wrong, but just because of the fall that's in the world. Yeah. But aren't you glad that even if, if you were in that situation, that God's able to restore? Yeah. Amen. Glory to God. Uh, in that particular service, I remember there was a lady and the Lord had me call her out. Her husband was there and, uh, and they came up and she, you couldn't tell she was pregnant or anything, but I just said, if this means something, uh, I said, you know, don't be disturbed about the report that you're going to get from the doctor. But you know of a fact God told you today, if this bears witness with you and your husband, that everything is going to be fine. Well, we didn't know. We went our way. 
Well, then later she went to the doctor after she was expecting, but nobody knew. And she went to the doctor later as a, as a child began to mature, uh, grow in her belly. And, and uh, Doc told her, he said, uh, we, we would like to take the child because the child is uh, Down syndrome. Thank you, honey. And uh, so, you know, she began to get shook up because of what the doctor said. But aren't you thankful that God knows what's out ahead? And see, he had already talked to that lady and let her know that something. Now, she didn't understand a lot of stuff. She wasn't from a a really a word of faith church. They were visiting there. But uh, in that that time, she went to the pastors at church and she said, well, how come God to tell me that? You know, and different things. And this past, the pastors explained to her, says, because God loves you. Yeah. Aren't you glad God loves you? Yeah. Amen. Look at somebody say, I'm glad God loves me. Yeah. Amen. So in that, we understand. So then they, they kept saying, we'd really like to take child. We'd like to take child. And she said, no, you know, the pastors worked with her. And she said, no, you know what? We're going to carry the baby. And of course, you know, what happened? Baby was born up until the baby was born. They said, it's this way. It's this way. When the baby was born, it was another way. It was the way God said. Amen. So I, tonight, I'm going to talk a little bit more about the soul but, but with the way God uses me, I don't have any idea where I'll end up. I always know usually where I'm going to start, but that's it. Amen. But I don't care where you've been or what's happened. I want you to know that God loves you. And I want you to know that I don't care how. And I'm talking about myself. I was ignorant and I lived a crazy life. But you know what? It doesn't matter how bad of a life you live. When you come in contact with the blood of Jesus Christ and you come into the family of God, you are a new creature in Christ Jesus. And I'm thankful it doesn't matter what all's went on in the past. And even after you get saved, how many of you besides me, after you've been saved, you still haven't done, made every decision just exactly right. Thank you for them righteous hands all over the building. Amen. But aren't you thankful God loves his people? Amen. And we got to, we know if you've lived on earth very long, it's a fun place to be. Amen. Thank you for those three amens, one Holy Ghost grunt. It's a fun place to be. Amen. But yet there's also a devil. There's trouble and everything here. But how many of you know we ought to have some days of heaven on earth? Glory to God. Amen. So tonight we're, we're going to go after some things here. And I don't know what all we're going to talk about for sure. But we'll start someplace and end up in a good place. Amen. Go back, if you would, to Matthew, Matthew chapter 11. And uh, we're, we're going to just look at some things here. We won't keep you very late tonight. We appreciate you coming. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Jesus makes this statement. And he says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you what? Rest. rest. How many of you are glad there is rest in faith? There is rest in the family of God. And then he said, Take my yoke upon you and do what? And learn of me. We already know, and I'm not going to take time tonight here at the word place that we're at, because you've been taught the word and you all study the word. But we know that in being born again spiritually, one must have come in contact 
with the blood of Jesus. Because it took the blood of Jesus to make us be able to be spiritually made alive. Right? But in that, we know that only being saved, born again, makes us spiritually alive unto God. It does not make us victorious. It does not make us champions in the regard of because we're just saved. But how many know by finding out now that you are saved and I'm saved, finding out what belongs to us. How many know and walking in that will make us victorious. Amen. That's why Jesus said in John 8, by knowing the truth and by knowing it, what's that going to do? It'll make you free. Amen. So in that, Jesus said, come unto me, all ye that are heavy laden. And what? I will give you rest. Take my yoke. Now, for years, I was yoked up, man. And, you know, we were we were raised kind of poor. And and uh, and, you know, when, when we got saved and, and they helped us get to us, the school, Raymond, different things, and told us we ought to go, I didn't know come here from Sikkim. I didn't. I didn't know nothing. Amen. And, I, and you know, I'm still learning all the time. But as we got there, they begin to talk about, well, you know, uh, prosperity belongs to you and different things. Well, you know, I'd been where we grew up. Uh, the only thing I do remember was it's easier for a camel to go to a hive and eat a list for a rich man to get into heaven. Didn't know where it was. Had no idea what it meant. But I knew y'all not have nothing. <laughs> Amen. And I was yoked up. With something that wasn't scriptural. So in John 11, when Lazarus came out of the tomb, Brother Hagin would teach us this. He said, you know how they would wrap him up like a mummy when they died back then. They'd lay him in the tomb and they'd wrap him up. And so how many know when Lazarus came out of the tomb, how many know he couldn't hop? He's wrapped up like a mummy of the Egyptians. Right? So it had to be the power of God that literally picked him up and brought him out there and set him at the entrance of that tomb. And how many know only God can raise people spiritually from the dead through the shed blood of Jesus? But how many know many times people get saved, get filled with the Holy Ghost, get hooked up with the Word Church, but in their thinking, they still all goofed up. They still yoked and hooked up with some stuff. They ought to not be thinking, glory to God. Can I hear a good amen? amen? Look at somebody say, I think he's preaching to you by the way you're looking. I ain't sure. Amen. <laughs> glory to God. So in that being bound, Jesus said, take my yoke. Now, I know we, we use in 2 Corinthians 6, the yoke. Don't be unequally yoked together. And I mean, no, a believer ought to not marry an unbeliever. Amen. Amen. You know, we understand that part. Amen. But how many of you know that that yoke can be other things? We grew up, like Pastor Mark said, I used to be a country guy. I'm sitting now. You can tell, right? Amen. But anyway, you don't have to answer that. All right. Amen. Work with me here. Work with me. All right. <laughs> you know, these big words and all I use. Yeah, right. Amen. But, but, but you know, I knew yoke. I know a yoke. I've seen them before. Dad had some. And they, there's wooden yokes and there's iron yokes. They got a great big U-bolt. 
So you lay this thing over the neck and you put the U-bolt up under from underneath, tighten them up, put a pin on it, and whatever you're tied to, that's where you're going to go. Well, sometimes people get saved and they say, Woo-hoo-hoo! I'm on my way to heaven, Jesus set me free. And they don't, and you say, well, what do you know about scripture? Not a blooming thing, but I'm on my way to heaven. And I mean, no, if you live that way the rest of your life, you will get there sooner than the rest of us. Because the devil, when he had you, he didn't, he didn't, wasn't very concerned about it. But when you get saved, how many of you know, now you're a direct enemy to him. And so in that, when we're yoked up with some stuff in our thinking. Years ago, I've shared this with you all before, I think. I stayed after healing for five years. I stayed after it. And I studied and listened to Brother Hagin, different ones. And there are certain teachings of Brother Hagin. My wife will, will testify to this. I have listened to over 150 times. Not bragging. Just because every time I'd listen, I'd hear something else. And so I'd listen, listen, listen. And finally one day God said, what are you going to do about prosperity? I said, well, I wasn't going to do nothing about it. He said, you're a healthy little booger, but you're so broke, you can't get out of town. <laughs> <laughs> you know, God talks to me in city lingo. You can tell. You know, that's, that's amen. <laughs> so, you know, as pastors are teaching us the word of God and see that word through the office of a shepherd will come in a way. In Psalms 23, we all say the Lord is my shepherd, but Jesus don't live here no more. He's at the right hand of the Father. So he said when he was here, he walked in all five of the ministry offices. But he said, I'm getting ready to go. And when I go, I'm going to lead captivity captive and give these gifts unto men. So people say, well, the Lord's my shepherd. I understand it. But I mean, no, you ought to have a pastor. And I mean, no, I'm not preaching at you. I'm preaching with you. Because, I mean, no, you're here on a Sunday night. Can I hear a real good amen? So in that, when Jesus said that, how many of you agree with me that the 23rd Psalm, though, in reference to a shepherd, what's what several of the things they'll do? They'll lead you to green pastures. In other words, how many know, we, years ago, remember daddy had a place in Blackburn, Oklahoma, and he bought these cows off of Uncle Bob. And he turned, and when we turned them loose, they were big old Hereford, registered Herefords, and they was big rascals. And, uh, they was just as gentle, you'd pet them, and we let them go for a few days, and then we went back to gather them up, and they was like white-tailed deer. They'd see you coming, they'd raise their tail up over their back, and down through the brush they'd go. <laughs> and you know what happened to them? They got into some loco weed. Hey, Amen. It's kind of like marijuana. Amen. And they got into loco wheat and they went crazy. They had horses, cowboys, they chased them. We finally had to get a guy with a dart gun to shoot some of them. Amen. But they ate the wrong thing. How many know that the word of God coming through the office of a shepherd will be food that is pal- pa- uh, palatable. 
Palatable. Palatable. There. What is it? Palatable. Yeah, that's it. Two sheep. Amen. See, we're city-fied. Amen. Two sheep. Amen. Amen. But see, if you don't have a shepherd on earth to teach you the word, you'll be eating stuff. And next thing we'll know, you'll be loco. <laughs> loco in the cabezo. Amen. Okay, moving right along. So, you didn't know I was bilingual. I'll say with English tonight. Now, so, if we need... <laughs> huh? Inner city, that's right. Inner, inner, inner city, that's right. We got to walk and everything. Yeah, okay. But anyway, so, in that, when you come to church and you listen to the pastor teach you, how many know you're learning of Jesus? You're finding rest, next part says, for your soul. And see, it takes Jesus to be saved. But how many know, when our soul doesn't get saved with us, then how many know, in our thinking, we don't need to be yoked up with something that's not going to give us rest. Amen. Amen. How I many know it looks like as a whole the world's going to hell in a handbasket? It seems like it's shaking, rattling, and rolling. But how I many of you glad it's going to last as long as we need it to? Can I hear a real good amen? How I many know we're at the right place doing the right thing? Glory to God always. Amen. So here in this teaching tonight, Look at somebody say, I don't want to see you running through the woods naked. Amen. (laughs) Amen. Yeah. Amen. Don't get that image stuck in your head. Amen. But anyway, because see, that's what loco people do. (laughs) Have no idea what I'm doing on that. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, moving right along in the city Five way that we minister. Now, <laughs> so in this, Jesus said, come unto me, all ye that are late, that are, that labor and are what? Look at somebody say, are you heavy laden? How many of you agree with me? Church life, Christian life ought to be the happiest, funniest, greatest, joyful bunch. Amen. Glory to God. You know, I know there's times of being serious, but you know, I, I it just, I don't know. <laughs> I like hanging out with folk that enjoys their salvation. You know, sometimes people, they, they don't know. They've talked to my wife and I, and they, one person told my wife says, I've never seen a minister quite like your husband. I said, well, this is my first time to ever be one. I'm not real sure why we're supposed to act like. Amen. See, the deal of it is, is the Bible talks about that in this that we're going to be talking about a little bit more. When we got saved, spiritually, the blood of Jesus came. And that's what washed our spirit and made us able to be born again. But it is the washing of the water by the word. That is only the thing that will cleanse your soul. Not the blood. Now the blood could be applied. But see when you're yoked with certain things. See 
Uh, Pastor Mark told us this morning he's celebrating 40 years free of drugs. Is that correct, Pastor Mark? 2014, 2014, be 40 years. How many know that's freedom? Glory to God. He's got that giant by the hair of the head and he's dead. Amen. Amen. Like David took glass. Well, we understand that. Well, then how many of you agree with this? That we know that what happens is you take the word of God that is anointed and you start putting it or getting your mind renewed with it. How many know the same anointing? Like if somebody had a bad habit, we can lay hands on them. That anointing will come and break. But how many know that same anointing is on the word of God and on the inside of you? Now, go over if you would, please, real quickly. Let's go over... uh, well, let's read the rest of this. Take my yoke upon you, learn me, for I'm meek and lowly in heart. You shall find rest under your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is what? Light. Everybody say, light and easy. Light and easy. Everybody, look at your neighbor and say, light and, easy. light and easy. Amen. Glory to God. Look at somebody else, smile real big, say, light and easy. Light. Amen. Glory. So we're going to laugh our way through this one, right? Ha, ha, ha. Glory to God. We're going to keep victory all the way. Now, If you would, please, go over to Romans chapter 3, verse 23. Romans 3, 23. And let's just look at this. You know this scripture, but let's look at it together. Glory. Romans 3, 23 and 4 and 5. For all of sin come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption of that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a appropriate. How do you say that word? What? Yeah, that's it. City fire. Yeah, through. That's brand. Yeah. If she's my sister, which she is, she'll probably say it like I do. Amen. Whom God has set forth to be that word through faith in His blood. Look, somebody say, "I got faith in His blood." To declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past through the forbearance of God. Look at somebody and tell them, if you don't mind, I am a child of the living God. If you're saved, if you're born again. So we know in Hebrews 9 that it talks about verse 27. It is appointed unto man once to die. Well, we all understand that's got to be physical. Right? Man don't have an appointed time to die. Right? But we understand that must be physical. But yet Romans 6.23 says, uh, for the wages of sin is death. So that must be spiritual, which can speed up the physical. But the gift of God is what? Eternal life. So how many of y'all got the life of God in you? Through the new birth. All right. Now, if you would go to John chapter 3, please. So Jesus said, take my yoke upon you. And learn of me, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Is that correct? So everybody, let's just say it again as we're going to John 3. Light and easy. Yeah, glory to God. Hallelujah. Now, John chapter 3. We see here, and we know for time's sake, we're not going to read it all. Uh, we'll, we'll start in about verse 3. Jesus answered and said unto Nicodemus, Verily, verily, I say unto you, or unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time in his mother's womb and be born? Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh, flesh, that was born of spirit, spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, You must be born again. 
So we know then that being born of water can't be the same as baptized of water. But yet baptism of water should be practiced as a doctrine of the church. So it took the blood of Jesus to wash us and get us right spiritually so that we could be saved. But in Ephesians 5, all you all already know it, it talks about the washing of the water with the word or by the word. So the washing of water is for the cleansing of the soul. The blood is to wash one clean spiritually. Okay? So, (laughs) go with me to Ephesians chapter (laughs) 5. Yeah. (laughs) Now, look at this right here. Ephesians Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4. He said, uh, verse 20, Ephesians 4.20, But you have not so learned Christ. Well, that don't make much sense. Let's back up. Verse 17. This I say, therefore, testify in the Lord, that you henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk, in the vanity where? Okay, there, write that down or underline. Having their understanding darkened, being alien from what? The and see, John 10, 10 in the Amplified, Jesus said, He come that we might have life, life Zoe, Brother Hagin wrote a book about it, that we might have life in abundance to the full, full till it overflows. See, John G. Lake got a revelation of the life of God in him. 1 John 4, 4. And he got the revelation, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And in one of his books, it is stated that because he got a revelation of the life of God. Now, I'm going to stop right there. Remember where I was with that story, talking about John G. Lake. How many remember hearing Brother Hagin when he, he fell and he was having a heart attack and different stuff and all, they couldn't get a heartbeat, but all they could get is a flutter. Him, Sister Rita was in another part of the church. He was in one place. And do you know when she come busting through the door, she said, I feel like it's my fault. And they both repented. Do you remember Brother Hagin specifically said, he said it was the life of God on the inside of me that literally picked him up off of the bed and put him on his feet. Now, in that, if that life of God, see, I'm, I'm, this is what I'm, I'm digging around in concerning the soul. Because, see, he, Brother Hagin would talk to us about divine health. Now, how many of you are glad like I am for healing? Amen. And we understand, really, now just realistically, to the church, healing is available. We all know that. But I mean, no, divine health is for the church. Healing is for the world. But I mean, no, we're all learning of Jesus. And I mean, no, we come in from the world with a bunch of crazy thinking. 
spiritually, instantly we get saved when we ask Jesus. But as it takes years to get some of the wrong teaching out and the right teaching in, how many of you glad like I am, there's healing available? Amen. But he said that the life of God literally... Because you remember, he's, he had failed. He had failed. And they picked him up. And those two ministers, and they put him there on that table, I think. And he said he couldn't. But he said the life of God in him literally picked him up and stood him on his feet. Remember that? Now, Romans 8 says, if that same spirit, thank you, that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, he shall also quicken your mortal body. Brother Hagin would tell us, I've learned how to tap into the divine hell. This is what I'm going after. It has to do with tapping into the life of God that Jesus come and deposited in us when we got saved. It'll come to the abundance, but then to the full. But I'm after the overflow of the life of God in me. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Now that word quicken, it's an old English word. When we shoot horses years ago for a living, the horseshoe nail, it's got a little taper on the bottom. So as you're holding that hoof and you've got it ready and you set the first nail, you make sure that that clinch on that horseshoe nail is pointed to the outside of the hoof. So as you set that, you drive it in, you reach, you clench it. But if you turn the nail inward or set it too far into the hoof, you would drive it and you, that horse would start going like that as you, every time you hit that nail because it's kind of like biting down in there and getting down in there. And then you say, ow, that's in the quick. Well, what's quick mean? It's alive down in there. That's all that means. So if that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwell in you, he, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead shall quicken, make alive, not spiritually, but your mortal body. My wife will testify. We were sitting at Raymond. Pastor Hagen, this was years ago when we were there in 88. We were sitting there. He were getting ready to receive communion. He starts preaching out of 1 Corinthians 11. And I had, I had boogered up this knee and, I'd, and in my back. I'd got run over in a stampede one time and some other stuff. And really, no kidding. And uh, they took me to the hospital. And I had horseshoe prints all over me. Jarred my kidneys loose, a bunch of stuff. Amen. And then I'd ran through a gate on one, got tangled up and a bunch of stuff. But you know, that's just that life before Christ. Amen. And so, Brother Pastor Hagen was teaching. And I'm sitting there and I thought, well, dear Lord, I discern Jesus as my healer. And so as we took communion, there was like warm honey started on my head. 
and it poured down over me, and that right knee got healed in the service. How many of you know, I know it was partly of the revelation, but also it was a revelation of the life of God on the inside of me. Now, I don't know why all we're going to do tonight, but I'm telling you, if you're here and there's problems, you know, one of the things we're redeemed from is accidents. Amen. Glory to God. See, we say we're at the right place at the right time doing the right thing. Can I hear good? Amen. So everybody say, I've got the Spirit of God on the inside of me. Not too long ago, we were at a place, a person was having to take shots for insulin. And we was teaching some of this stuff. And they've let us know that their pancreas went back to work. Why? Not because we're so wonderful, but because the word of God is true. That pancreas was quickened by the life of God on the inside of them. Glory to God. Now, so let's go over here and we'll finish this up. Go over to Ephesians 4. Let's finish that up. Did we read much of that? Okay, let's read the rest of it. Verse 20. But you have not so learned Christ. If so be that you have heard of him and have been taught by him and as the truth in Jesus, that you put off what? Concerning the former conversation, manner of life, the old man, which is corrupt according to deceitful lust. Be renewed where? Well, that can't be your spirit because your spirit, it wasn't renewed. It was made brand new. So that's got to be your soul. So be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Right? And then that'll help you put on the new man, which after God is creating righteousness and true holiness. Right? Pastor Mark was there this morning, verse 27, talking about that. And in verse 32 and chapter 5, verse 1. As God, we're his children, be ye imitators. And hate the brethren. No. What's it say? Love the brethren. All right. Now, go over one last place. Go over to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. And notice here in Hebrews chapter 10. He says in about verse 37. Verse 36, 35, all right now, what do you want to be at? Who'll be 20 out of five? Okay, now, never mind, okay. <laughs> I used to be an auctioneer too. Amen, glory to God. I'm not playing, amen. All right, what do you want to be? 20 out of five, 20 out of five, 30 out of five, 30 out of five, 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 40 out of four, nine. <laughs> we ought to have some bake sales. We could sell some stuff. <laughs> Now, see, people get amazed. They're like, really? Really? God can use you? Really? <laughs> it's amazing, ain't it? All right, now, so he says here. <laughs> I don't know where we were before y'all had me do all that. But anyway, okay, now. <laughs> what verse? Thank you. 35, yeah. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which hath a recompense of reward. For you have need of patience. After your wife has done the will of God, and we are hoping that she'll get this done in a hurry. (laughs) 
Amen. <laughs> I love what Pastor Mark talked about this morning. The head of the house going and finding out what was going on. Amen. Look at somebody say, be a man. Not to a woman. But to a man. Say, be a man. <laughs> Got to be careful. Amen. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 Be a man. To a man. Okay. Now, so in that, <laughs> I feel like some of y'all wanting to buy some stuff now. <laughs> we got any hot dogs or anything still left? Y'all got any books? We'll auction them off. Baked goods left. Baked goods left. Amen. Y'all want to buy a cookie? All right. <laughs> so, so yes, you have need of patience. Now, here's the key. After. Everybody say after. After what? You've done the will of God. Why aren't you glad the word of God is the will of God? That was weak. I said, aren't you glad the word of God is the will of God? So after you've done what the word says, you have need of patience. Now, why are y'all looking at me in that tone of voice? (laughs) Brother Ricky, I want it right now. And I mean right now. See, it says you have need of patience after you've done the will of God so that you might receive the promise. Okay, Lord, I'll show. Hold that. Go back to Hebrews 6 real quick, please. We're, we're going to get you out of here pretty quick. Hebrews 6. Okay. Okay. All right. Amen. Hebrews 6, verse 13. For when God made promise to Abraham because he could swear, no, <laughs> swear by no greater, he swore by himself. <laughs> right? <laughs> Saying, surely, blessing I'll bless you, multiply and I'll multiply be thee. And so after he had patiently endured, there it is again. Now, I mean, oh, to patiently endure doesn't mean you put up with a bunch of junk. Man, you're not letting the devil run over you and oppression and junk on you. How many know you're in faith the whole time you're enduring? Because Matthew 10 says, he that will endure to the end shall be saved. That doesn't mean putting up with a bunch of junk that's of the devil. All right, so he says, For when God made promise to Abraham, because he swore no but greater, he swore by himself, saying, Sure, bless all bless thee, multiply and multiply thee. So after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. Verse 16. For men verily swear by the greater, and oath for confirmation is to them an end of what? All strife. How many of you agree with me that, you know, some of the places where, where I go, where God would send me, some people still think that God uses sickness to teach a lesson. Or to teach the church, which here we know that's not the case. But I mean, no, if you'll take the word and look at the word and the promises, how many know it? See, a lot of times people say, how come there's so many different beliefs? The word should put an end to all strife based on the promises for New Testament people. See, the Bible is our answer. So if I argue with the Bible, I'm answered. I'm arguing with my answer. So he says here, end of all confusion, wherein God willing more abundantly to show unto them the heirs of promise. Look, somebody say, I'm an heir. 
The immutable of his counsel confirmed it by an oath, that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation, who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us, which hope we have as an anchor, what? Of the soul. Of the soul. Jesus said, in your soul, where is your mind, will, and emotions, that's where you're going to experience when the pressures and the trouble of life come. So he said, come, take my yoke upon me, take my yoke upon you, and what? Thank you. Learn of me. And what else? My yoke is easy, my burden light, and you shall find what? By learning of him. Not being saved. But by learning of him. And that will give you an anchor in your emotions when the storms come. It'll keep your soul steady. Now, so so where, where we was in Hebrews 10. Let's go over there and we'll finish up. So he said, verse 37, For yet a little while he that shall come will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live how? And you remember that statement I made this morning. Brother Hagin said, When a, a Christian gets their soul saved and renewed, it will help them because then their soul will agree with the faith that is in their heart. And pastor taught us this morning, like car works by gas, your faith, Galatians 5, your faith worketh by love. Thank you. These things all join together. So then here, he says, next verse, but now verse 38, now the just shall live by faith, but... If any man does what? Draw back. back. My soul shall have no pleasure in him. Look at this. But we are not of them who what? Draw back back under perdition, but of them that believe what? So what made a Christian draw back? Their soul. We are not of them that draw back, but we are of them that believe to the renewing of the mind. We are of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Because that's where this onslaught's going to hit you the worst. Remember, Brother Hagin would tell us, if you keep the devil in the arena of faith, you'll whip him every time. If you allow him to pull you into the arena of reasoning, he will whip you every time. Right? Amen. Let's all stand up, please. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, tonight, if you're in here, and, and you know Joel too, you guys know it. It says, I will restore unto you the years of canker worm, pommel worm, and uh, caterpillar and some other stuff, my great army, which is took from you. That word restore, I so love that word, restore, means to put back yeah. to original state. Yeah. Glory to God. You know... But like I was telling you before I got saved, you know, the abuse that I did to my physical body. And one one year, this was several years ago, my wife, she might remember the year, but the enemy had come and convinced me. You remember, who was it that walked with a limp? Jacob? 
And, and I don't know all the ins and outs of that story. Maybe you could bring greater light and revelation to me. But this one thing I remember is, he says he walked with a limp. Remember that? Uh-huh. And the enemy had convinced me that because of the craziness and the fast and just the no respect and honor for the human body that God had gave me. He said, you're going to walk not with a limp, but with some of this stuff that was wrong in my body. And I began to buy into it. This was several years ago. And finally, thank God for the Holy Ghost and men and women of God that we submit ourselves to that are right and trustworthy. That began to be uprooted out of me through correct teaching. And now there's nothing wrong with my body physically. Not a thing. Not one thing. We have to do physicals for real estate stuff that we do periodically so that they can adjust some stuff. See if we're able, something was to happen to me or if we're healthy enough or whatever. I don't know all the ins and outs of it. But they keep writing on it. I had to have one the other day. And uh, th- this was what was funny. In Pawnee, you know, our town, he was talking about I, I moved from the country into the city. That we have a population of 2,000. <laughs> We got two red lights. <laughs> Most of the time, one of them ain't working. So we'll put a 55-gallon drum in the center of the street with a four-way stop sign on it. <laughs> That's it. That's, the city. That's, That's the, city. the city that I moved into. Real big metroplex. Amen. But I, I had to go get a physical. And so I was at the doc's office, and she was doing certain things and different things before the doctor came in. And and, uh, that, you know, in hearing, the, the lady began to check my hearing. And she, she put the thing on and she said, can you hear that? And I said, no. She said, well, let me know when you, when you can hear. I, I said, ma'am, I don't hear a thing. I said, I ain't get your machine. So she checked her machine. Sure enough, her machine was broke. So, so she said, I tell you what I'll do. I'm going to go down the hall 20 feet. And you tell me when you can hear me. So she left the room. And she said, I don't know how far she was. She said, can you hear me? I said, yep. She said, good enough. You can hear. (laughs) Yeah. Glory to God. (laughs) Amen. But they wrote on there every year. This is what they write. One healthy individual. And the doc was telling my wife, he said, he don't take a thing. And he said, you know, you need to come in and let us check you. He said, you know, you need to be on some kind of medication. I said, I used to be before I got saved. After I got saved, I don't need it no more. <laughs> Amen. What we took wasn't legal. Amen. <laughs> I should have been one of them testers for lab stuff back then. Amen. But anyway, see how it fixed the human body. Amen. But... In the restoration part, God is able to fully, fully, fully restore your body or your mind. Amen. Sometimes the devil say you're going to walk with a limp. Not if you're a child of God. No. No. So if you want to lay hands on you tonight, you come down here. 
We'll do it. We'll pray for you. Glory to God if there's anybody. If not.